Welcome to another episode of Preferred Walk-On PFF's College Football Show. I'm your host, Max Chavik, alongside Dalton Wasman, producer Eli, back there in studio. We had Dalton on for the national championship preview that we recorded yesterday. This episode is obviously dropping after the national championship game, but we're recording it on Thursday. So we don't know who ultimately won the national championship between Michigan and Washington, but we wanted to get this done before the game because this is, Dalton, are way too early top 25 for the 2024 college football season and we wanted to drop it immediately after the national championship game is over of course uh, find us wherever you get your podcast as well apple google spotify wherever leave your uh five-star review there leave your questions there leave your takes there we'll react to them in a mailbag very very soon but man i am so excited we kind of went crazy we had a whiteboard in the pff conference room and we just scribbled all over that thing coming up with the top 25 teams that we think for next season i'm excited to uh, get into it with you man. yeah it was it was a wild process i mean obviously you land on 25 and and even some of the back end was tough i mean i think we had between what 35 and 40 at least written down to yeah. some consideration it's wide open and i think I think the hardest part is trying to gauge with a 12-team playoff now how many of these teams like realistically could be relevant in that. I, I think, to be honest with you, next year, by the time we get to the last, like say, three weeks or so, mm-hmm. I think there still could be that many teams relevant. Because I think the goal now is win 10 games and you have a shot, right? I believe only 17, 17 teams finished the regular season with two or less losses, and five or six of those were a group of five. So it's really – I think that's the new goal, and it, it was tough to kind of – figure out one how much talent all these teams had coming back between the portal and draft declarations some of them not being made yet and just figuring out for me it's a lot about who has a chance to really build off this year's momentum and get find themselves in the top 12 in the playoff next year I think I think the ranking process even could change a lot going forward and as far as this goes it's so early I mean we did learn you're somewhat of a psychic yesterday you know to some extent but you know there will be Obviously, no room for argument at all in this doing it seven months early, right? So, I mean, it was a fun process. It was hard to really differentiate, especially to me on the back end. I think the very back of this and the very top were the things we had the hardest time with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going over our top 25 teams. You mentioned it, man. Next year's 12-team playoff, there are only two Power 5 teams, or actually three, excuse me, that won 10 games that year this year that would not have made the playoff, and that was Oklahoma, Louisville and Iowa those are the only three so basically if you win 10 games in your power five conference you have a really good chance of making the college football playoff before if you win 10 games you're not making it you have to win probably 11 or more uh it's gonna be a lot different next year so uh getting into our top 25 teams now I want to say before we start this this is subject to change there are a lot of guys in the portal that are still very impactful players that are still in there right now also a lot of players that we do not know what the heck they're planning on doing for the NFL draft and whether or not they're going to stay or go. Um, and even we'll get into a team. There's some coaches that we still don't know what the heck their plans are either. So we will update this once all the dust has settled and once we know exactly what these teams look like next year. But we wanted to, of course, do this immediately after the national championship game was over because, you know, after the, the final game of the college football season, everyone's kind of like, okay, what's next? You know, we still love college football. We want to hear more about what's next and not be depressed that the season is over. 
So this is your, you know, your cure for your depression of, of college football being over. But, Dawn, let's kick it off with our top 25 teams, starting number 25 to 21. At number 25, the only group of five team in our top 25, we wanted to put at least one of them in, is the Memphis Tigers at number 25. At 24 is Iowa. At number 23 is Tennessee. At 22 is Oklahoma State. And at number 21 is SMU. So let's start off with the Memphis Tigers at number 25. Um, we kind of argued a, a lot about whether or not we should put a group of five team in the top 25, what group of five team we should put in the top 25. But we wanted to put one in because like we mentioned before, a group of five team is guaranteed to make the college football playoff next year. Uh, and we think right now Memphis would probably be the favorite. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think when you see what's happening at Liberty right now with Caden Salter entering the portal and C.J. Daniels today entering the portal, those are tough losses to overcome for a yeah. team. They did go undefeated. We saw what happened against Oregon next year. They very well could go undefeated again, but with a new quarterback and a new number one wide receiver, it could be a little tougher. And it's kind of – there was several other similar caliber teams to Memphis, but I think the best thing if we're going to put a group of five team in to do is kind of default to – the favorite in the American that's kind of I, most of the New Year's six yeah. uh, group of five births have been the American champions so you know I was really impressed with them in their bowl game with a pretty convincing win over Iowa State I think they have some momentum going and I, I look at I look at the American with Memphis as the favorite and I I want to say South Florida right behind them but at only seven and six I can't put a South Florida in there so I think Memphis this year had a very nice season um, couldn't finish off SMU to get in the AAC title game. But with SMU leaving, I think they become, the for now, the new favorite as the group of five representative. Yeah, USF unfortunately beat my alma mater right here, Syracuse Orange. So Syracuse, we actually have the Syracuse and FAU helmets right now. Unfortunately, neither of them are in the top 25. So we will actually reveal the top 10 with we, helmets we next tried. to us. We both tried to make our cases. Dude, and it just wasn't. It I, I was, we, Dalton and I got into a screaming match because I was like, dude, Syracuse is making the college ball playoff next year, I'm telling you, and you were not having any of it. So all my Syracuse fellow alums out there or Syracuse fans, I tried, but Dalton, Dalton wouldn't have any of it. Uh, number 24, quickly, Iowa. Um, obviously, this team is well coached on defense every single year. Got a new offensive coordinator. We don't know who it will be yet, uh, but Iowa, it seems like they're always making the top 20 no matter you know what they have on offense yeah, defense plays I mean they will they will once again have a relatively elite defense Phil Parker the Broyles award winner running the show they're losing Cooper DeGene their best player but they always reload on the back end they they have a ton of they don't have a single superstar in yeah. the front seven but they have a boatload of depth right and and they just they find a way I think the hope is that with a healthy Cade McNamara now the offense is at least I mean even this year honestly if their offense if they can get their offense to just average with the way they play defense um, it, it's you've got a whole different machine rolling. They just can't have what really was the worst offense in the Power Five, if not the entire country. But I'm curious to see where where Iowa goes now that you don't have divisions anymore in the Big Ten as well. You've got a more open yeah. schedule where they're not kind of sitting on that side of the conference with a lot of offenses that are similar to them. But I think their defense is always going to give them a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Iowa, obviously, their defense will always give them a chance. As long as Phil Parker, who just won the uh, Broyles Award as a top assistant coach in the country, as long as he's coaching that defense, man, they're probably going to have an elite one. Uh, 23 Tennessee. Uh, I am very excited about this team, man. They looked, uh, speaking of Iowa, they destroyed Iowa in that bowl game. Nico Iamaleva. Uh, I think I said that right, right? Yeah, Imelava. Okay, we'll, we'll get that right, trust me, because he is a guy that we need to know for next year. Five-star true freshman quarterback for Tennessee. Looked pretty good uh, in that bowl game. He's the future now of that program, and I think with some of the pieces they have coming back, I think Tennessee uh, should still be a team to watch next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's the right quarterback for that offense, that yeah. system, what Josh Heupel wants to do. He just, you know, when I, was, when I was watching him against Iowa, he looks like a Tennessee quarterback. Just that system, wide open, vertical throws. He's incredibly 
really mobile, three rushing touchdowns in that game. And don't forget about their defense, too, with James yep. Pierce Jr. Oh, my gosh. They've got, they've got serious talent on both sides of the ball, and it's just a matter of how soon they can get all that talent to execute. Dude, James Pierce Jr., I'm telling you guys right now, we will be doing a, a 2025 mock draft pretty soon, and, and all eligible mock draft, too. Um, we were arguing, we were actually at the bars last night, drinking, talking about guys, and we were saying, man, I think James, I was saying at least, James Pierce Jr., I think in our all eligible mock, might be edge one. Might be. I think his speed to power is something that I've rarely seen before. For, for 2025, certainly. Uh, there's a couple, All eligible? Couple, Would you put him up Latu? A couple of guys this year, it's a, that's a tougher argument. You've got Latu. You've got Jared Verse. Um, we've seen with Dallas Turner. I think this year is a more loaded class, but for 25, I think certainly has the best argument. And I think he's probably – I would say he's probably a top five pick next year right now projected. I mean, he is a stud. So if you don't know about James Pierce Jr., look him up, man, because he is a superstar for that defense. Another superstar kind of leading this next team, Oklahoma State. Ollie Gordon obviously coming back to school. Uh, he was the Doak Walker Award winner this year as a top running back in the country. Uh, and we just say, hey, man, Oklahoma State, as long as you have Ollie Gordon carrying the weight of this offense, I mean, they're still going to be a really good team probably. Totally agree. I think they need they need a little more out of their passing game. Their defense this year was more, like, opportunistic mm -hmm. at times. You know, came up in some big moments, especially against Oklahoma. Um, more consistency on their defense and their passing game could have them higher than this, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. Yeah. I think with Gordon rolling, and you got to remember, he basically won a Doak Walker on the strength of like nine games yeah you know he didn't play the first three games and against texas which was an awful matchup for them with their run defense but they i i, I think they're i don't know about a sleeper because they were in the big 12 title game this year but I, I think they're solidly in contention in the big 12 they absolutely are and at number 21 a team that you and i both really love not a group of five team anymore they're now joining the acc is the SMU Mustangs right now who bring back a lot of talent from a really, really good year this year. Yeah, and, and I think the first thing you talk about is, is Rhett Lashley and Preston Stone. And, yeah. and Stone, unfortunately, broke his leg in the in the Navy game, missed the AAC title game that they won anyway, and then they get, they went up to Fenway Park to play Boston College in really bad weather and got beat, I believe it was 24-13, to 13, just got out-physicaled in that game. But I don't think that's indicative of the team they are. When they get Stone back, Preston Stone – in the second half of the season was like a top five or six quarterback. He just, they got, this offense can absolutely fly. Their defense is underrated. Um, I, I think Rhett Lashley really, he could, I think there's a road here where they could contend for an ACC title. They, yeah. uh, this is not, this is not like a group of five, a normal group of five talented football team. They are, they're really, really talented. They've got an explosive offense. I, I think they could contend in the ACC despite what we saw in the bowl game because they're going to have Preston Stone back by the spring. Dude, absolutely. I mean, you look at what they did this year. SMU was the eighth highest graded overall team in the country this past season. The only ones above them were Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, and Ohio State. That is a good group to be in, man. I understand they play lesser competition in the American Athletic Conference, but I do think with the talent they have coming back to, yeah, they're going to compete in the ACC immediately. Uh, another team that is in the ACC that is starting off for 20-16 to 16, uh, is North Carolina at number 20. At number 19 is USC. 18 Kansas State, 17 Oklahoma, and 16 Florida State. Let's start off with number 20, uh, North Carolina. Obviously losing the best quarterback maybe in program history in Drake May, but they got Max Johnson in the portal, the former Texas A&M kind of starter this year when Connor Wegman went down with an injury. He's transferring over to North Carolina and will be starting there. Um, and they obviously have a superstar running back in Marion Hampton and a really dominant edge player too and came on Rucker. So. Yeah, Hampton, Hampton would be my number one reason here. He's, he's one of the three or four best backs in the country, yeah. I believe. Did he finish second in our All-America team? 
He probably did. I think I think he did because we had I think we had Gordon and Hampton, but he's he's fantastic. He's a first down machine. And honestly, I I'm I kind of like the fit of Max Johnson going there as I what I assume is going to be their new starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, really good pocket passer. Uh, I think he showed at times to be a really good vertical passer at Texas A&M. The biggest thing is that he needs protection. He doesn't move much, a lot like his dad, actually. He's Brad Johnson's son. Yeah. Much like his dad, absolute rifle for an arm, but he's not going to move much. If they have good pass protection, I don't think, obviously, it'll be as good as May making, I think, leading the country in the regular season in big-time throws. But I, I think Johnson can do some things down the field. And if, he, if he's supported by Hampton in the running game pretty well, I, I think North Carolina could still be a threat. I think they absolutely can be, man. I, I think Max Johnson was an underrated piece of that A&M offense this year. He had a 80.6 passing grade this year. Like, he was really solid uh, for A&M. And mentioned Marion Hampton. I mean, we're going to put out our top 10 uh, players at every position heading into next year. I mean, Marion Hampton probably be number three or four for running backs. I mean, he is a stud and came on Rutgers to be one of the top edges too. I mean, he's a stud. Uh, number 19, another team losing. I mean, Drake May going away from North Carolina. He's going to be a top three pick in the draft. Another team that's losing a top three quarterback in the draft, uh, pick at quarterback at least, is Caleb Williams and USC. So USC replacing Caleb Williams, but man, Miller Moss looked awesome in that bowl game against Louisville does not mean Caleb Williams is a system quarterback I've seen that take out on Twitter Caleb Williams who, who excels outside of the system is not a system quarterback so I, that can end right now but they do look pretty set at quarterback with Miller Moss and I don't think I don't think they're going to be going after Will Howard or anyone else in the portal anymore. No, I mean and maybe they're content with Miller Moss now that you know Malachi Nelson's out the door so that's not yep. an option either but I, I think it's kind of like death taxes and Lincoln Riley having a top 10 offense like, yep. and you can't it's hard to say anything about a system quarterback quarterback when okay was Baker Mayfield a system quarterback? yeah the number one overall pick Kyler Murray was system quarterback number one overall pick you know Caleb Williams like, number one overall pick yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's just, <laughs> you can't call them all system quarterbacks when they're all going first so. Jalen Hurts too like yeah, he, Jalen Hurts like. right it's just, everybody so they're they're going in some fashion to have a top 10 offense the question is not on offense I mean they, they always have talent Zachariah Branch is coming back yep. you know how high we are on him yep I just obviously clearly you thought they were going to have to put it together against Louisville and a defense that you and I both believe in big time. We like full strength Louisville pretty much too. And they did. They just teed off on him. So Lincoln Riley, the offense is going to be there. They're going to have, I mean, that you walk in and you see, when you see especially Oregon and USC walking into the Big Ten, you go, well, there's no other teams in the Big Ten with offenses like this. I mean, Lincoln Riley's going to find points. It's going to be a matter of figuring out his defense. You know, they brought in De'Anton Lynn now, which is a big, big game. Yeah. You know, he's coaching UCLA last year. Um, if they put together some semblance of a defense, you went over – you've previously gone over the numbers on defense for a Lincoln-Riley coach team at Oklahoma or at USC. They, they just need to just get to average. Get to, like – get in the top, like, 40 of defense, and you've got a national title contender. Dude, absolutely. I mean, you look at UCLA's defense – last year compared to this is Danton Lynn's first year as defensive coordinator for UCLA last year I believe in grading wise or at least CPA or something like that they were uh, like 110th or something like that this year they were like fourth so it, and they didn't add really anyone it, it was kind of the same core of guys and it just took off with Danton Lynn so I think he's a rising star Matt Entz they hired to North Dakota State's head coach 
went to USC to coach their linebackers. So I, I, Lincoln Riley is clear. I think he's feeling a little pressure right now and saying, hey, we can't be doing this anymore. Um, And how bad he wasted Caleb Williams. Like I mentioned this before, I I think Caleb Williams is one of the biggest wastes of talent we've seen. The fact that that guy never played in the college football playoff once in three years. Never won. Didn't even win the conference. Conference conference he played in. in Insane. Yeah. yeah, So absolutely insane. You can't be that team that loses 52 to 42 all the time. And if Lincoln Riley has any. Uh, NFL aspirations, no NFL team is going to look at that and say, hey, we, you have to have a defense. Like You have to be a well-coached team all around. I think he's finally doing that this year. He knows, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to have a great offense, but it's not going to be led by Caleb Williams. Like, I can't just rely on 50 points per game anymore. Uh, I think that's why uh, they're, they're really making the move to defense, and I think it's going to work out for them, honestly. Uh, 18, Kansas State. Speaking of uh, Will Howard, they're losing Will Howard now, but Avery Johnson is their starting quarterback. They still have some really good pieces on defense that I really like as well. Um, so, yeah, even though their starting quarterback's leaving in the portal, we don't know where he's going yet, uh, K-State's still making here in the top 20. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. Look, they're always fundamentally sound. Chris Kleiman, they, they just – they play just good, like that yeah. complimentary football, right? And, and I really like, first of all, I, I'm an Avery Johnson guy. I, I, You know, he played a lot part-time this year, a lot of times rotating in and out with Howard. Gave him a different look. He's a better athlete than Will Howard. He's not as polished a passer yet, but we might we might get there. And, you know, even in the bowl game against NC State, he was the best athlete on the field, mm-hmm. honestly. And I think it starts with their run game, the combination of him and DJ Giddens. Treshawn Ward has gone out of Boston College, but you still have Giddens, who was actually their best back this year. Yep. And Johnson's legs are a major, major threat. I, I think I'm curious to see where it goes with Colin Klein leaving yeah. to Texas A&M, their, their former offensive coordinator now. But Chris Kleiman, you know, coming from North Dakota State previously, you know, he used to have a guy like Trey Lance, right? Yep. And I, I don't know that Avery Johnson, I, I don't think his skill set is that different. Now, I don't I don't think he has quite as good an arm as Trey Lance did. He's not as big. He's, he's a thin athlete. He's yeah. really athletic, but he's thin. But I think you could see it work a lot of the same ways that he used to. I think it's the type of guy he used to have at North Dakota State, even like Easton Stick, right, an athlete at quarterback. And we can figure out the passing as we go. K-State, I think – among a lot of these teams that we have, like, 15 through 25, they might have the highest floor. Yeah. I just know what brand of football they're going to come out and play, and the development of Avery Johnson is then going to take them to the next step if they get there. Yeah, absolutely. Avery Johnson was a top 10 quarterback coming out of high school, too. And this guy has a lot of potential, and I, I love what he shows a true freshman. Also, he started that Pop-Tarts Bowl and won that game over NC State. And I don't, we haven't talked about the Pop-Tarts Bowl yet, man, but that might have been the best moment of the entire season. That's was, my new favorite mascot. Oh, dude. Oh, well, not anymore. He's right. dead now. He's dead. They, to, they killed him. Not to me, he is. <laughs> they, they had, no. They, they, they publicly executed I'm, I'm the Pop Tarts mascot. I'm calling for more edible mascots <laughs> next bowl, except the mayonnaise one. Don't put a. Don't give me a live bowl Dude. jar of mayonnaise. I don't. I, that does that that disgusts me every time. I oh, see it. I yeah. If I if I ever if I, if I was a head coach and I get invited to the mail bowl, I'd be like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want. Can I, I switch? Can I get? I'm not a mayonnaise guy. So, yeah. So like, I I don't know about all that. I'm not, I I like mayonnaise, but there's some of my friends were saying to me they're like, oh, because they love college too, and they're like, man, just it just didn't feel like this season had like that many like, oh my god moments. And I after that pop tarts fiasco with the, the killing the mascot and then eating him after, I'm like, that is the moment. That, that is that the moment. The, that, was, that was the best part of bowl season. <laughs> like, right? It's like you guys are real. That was absolutely the, the was playoff great. games were great, sure, but eating the public execution of the pop tarts mascot. That's really what it was. Though. <laughs> it was they oh they they massacred my boy. They massacred my boy, dude. It was that was the best moment of the season. Um, pop tarts bowl. I think that should be included in the New Year's Six games in uh, the playoff next year. They should they should do. 
the pop tarts. No, every year, every year should do the New Year Six Bowl, and they should have like the other bowl games be the play. Put it in the rotation. Duke's Mayo Bowl. One of these years, it'll be the title. Cheese It Bowl. Like to have the stupid bowl games also be the that'd be awesome. But yeah, that pop tarts that game was awesome. And K State, obviously reigning pop tart bowl champions. Seventeen Oklahoma, another team that really looked good in their bowl game against a team that we're gonna talk about later in the show, much later. Oklahoma now, man, they lose Dylan Gabriel, obviously, who's a top five graded quarterback in the country, but. Jackson Arnold, their five-star true freshman, has some bad picks in the game. Don't get me wrong, but, man, he showed some tools, and you're like, I'm, I'm excited, at least for the future of Jackson Arnold. Yeah, I, look, they were up 24-13 to 13 on Arizona before a pick six, and I believe, if I remember right, that pick six wasn't really his fault. I think that was a deflected mm-hmm. ball. He threw, he threw two bad ones, but they really – they lost that game on turnovers. I mean, yeah. I believe they had six turnovers in that game. But he he flashed his talent, man. I mean, he's got the arm strength. He's got the mobility. He seemed, for the most part, outside of probably the first two drives, to really have some solid poise about him. A lot. There was most of those turnovers. I think two of them were really bad throws. But the rest, there, there was some bad luck involved in there, too. And, and Arizona... Look, Arizona's raging hot. They were really good yeah. at the end of the season. And full season. strength that, yeah. in that bowl and, game. And, yeah. and they really – they competed really, really hard, uh, you know, outside of the turnovers for about three and a half quarters. Oklahoma mm-hmm. really had control of that game. Yeah. I mean, they, they scored 24 unanswered in the middle of the game. Jackson Arnold, that that looks like the building block, right? And, Absolutely. And Venables is fixing their defense. It was a lot better this year than it was last year, and I would expect that to continue offensively. They just have to work through all of the transfers that they've had out, really. Yeah, they have some big pieces come back. Peyton Bowen, their uh, safety, true freshman, was a stud for them this year. I, I like him a lot. Um, and obviously, you lose Jeff Levy, big loss, going to Mississippi State to be their head coach. Um, but I-, I am excited with Jackson Arnold. I'm excited to see what he can do as the future starting quarterback for Oklahoma and like, like top 10 recruit coming out of high school. And yeah, he had some bad throws. But then again, he's a true freshman in his first career start against a top 10-ish team that's a tough spot to be in and he still made some really impressive plays so I'm excited about him and obviously joining the SEC now so we'll see Oklahoma uh tough task for them now going to the SEC but we'll see Uh, a team that kind of is falling off a little bit even though we loved them all year we were obviously championing them to make the college football playoff all year um and Florida State fans loved us for it I'm sorry that we have them this low I wonder how they're going to feel about that but number 16 is Florida State losing Everyone. I mean, everyone's gone now, it, it seems like. But they just got DJ Uyunglele in the portal. He's their new quarterback, rejoining the ACC after leaving Clemson. Um, Florida State, I, I still think, is relevant in this conversation, but obviously they have a lot of talent they got to replace. Yeah, they do. I, I think that's the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing you saw in the bowl game is you go, you just list off the names, right? Yeah. Benson, Travis, Coleman, Wilson, Bell, Verse, uh, DJ Lundy's in the portal, Bless mm-hmm. Harris in the portal. Corners might be gone. I don't know if any of the corners have played all yet, but opted you, out. If yeah. you're losing guys like if you're losing guys like Renardo Green, who's, mm-hmm. who's a stud at corner. I mean, there's just so much that this was the year, and and again, they it may, was they, the year. Yeah, this was the year, and they may have yeah. been unfairly robbed of it because of an injury. But um, no, I think getting DJ in is a big boost. I yeah. think getting an experienced yeah. quarterback in there, and I agree. DJ said it. I think at his opening presser for Florida State that. He's a really good fit for that offense. Mm-hmm. I actually agree with that. I don't know that he's as accurate as Jordan Travis, but as far as a lot of the things they do that are in their run game and then trying to get down the field vertically, the biggest question for me is, I think, two things. The defensive line. Yeah. You know, how do you how do you replace Verse and maybe anybody else who leaves that I think Braden seven. Fisk is gone too, yeah. If he's gone too, I think their D-line and then just what the, what their weapons are, right? I, I think Norvell can scheme up the run game with whatever backs he has, but – 
I, I, it's it's hard to see right now what they have at receiver to replace. I mean, when you're replacing Coleman and Wilson, that's a tough task. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it is tough. Listen, we we they would have been a lot lower if DJ did not transfer there. Um, but this, I think, at least keeps them relevant uh, in the ACC. So that's our 20 to 16. Let's go over to 15, 11 now before we get to the top 10. 15 is Washington, obviously playing for the national championship. Maybe they are the reigning national champions. So maybe this might be a little crazy to have the national champions at number 15, but they are losing a lot. We'll talk with them in a second. Number 14, Louisville. Uh, 13, Clemson. 12, Utah. And 11, Ohio State. Ohio State, Dawn. I was arguing for them to be in the top 10 because it feels so wrong to not have them in a preseason top 10. And who knows, maybe they will join the preseason top 10. We, do, we haven't fully finalized this yet, but as of right now, Ohio State is on the outside looking in at number 11. Let's start with Washington, though, uh, at number 15. Like we said, we're recording this before the national championship game. You picked them to win the national championship. So you're saying the reigning national champions should still be outside of the top 10 and, and barely inside the top 15. Very similar to me. There, there was some teams here, I, I think, I think Washington, Florida State, and I could argue Ohio State too, we'll get there, that it's hard to predict because they've lost so much. This was the year for Washington. And right? it might be, yeah. Penix, Odunze, Polk. Uh, Trice, uh, Fatanu, McMillan, I, yeah, so, McMillan, so so many guys that are not going to be there next year. Yeah. Uh, it's a team loaded with NFL talent, and this is this is just the moment, you know, to leave it all out there this year. And look, I they absolutely deserve to be in it. I mean, look what they've done this year. It's not just about those guys; mm-hmm. it never is, right? But Kalen DeBoer is an elite coach, yep. right? If Ryan Grubb stays, he's an elite offensive coordinator. You're bringing in Will Rogers, who's had success in the past. Not, you know, this year at Mississippi State, obviously it's unfortunate what happened, yep. you know, over there, and, and their offense was kind of just a mess. But um, Will Rogers, I think, can capably run this offense. It's a matter of replacing, to me, the receivers more than anything and maybe improving that defense if they can, if they can do that and kind of balance things a little bit then you've got something going. But it, it, it's very hard for me, with as much as is leaving, to put them much, any higher than this. Because there's uh, just about every team in front of them we have here, we have like some sure things coming back. Right. And, and I think Washington and Florida State both just losing. I mean, everything. everyone. This was the year. Yeah. And, and it's just next year doesn't look like it's going to be the year. And the thing with Washington that I want to bring up too is that there – so we're going to get to some schools in the top ten that – always every year lose a lot but they recruit at such a level that it's always all right there's reload you know Washington doesn't do that they don't it felt it really does feel like okay you don't know what's behind yeah you don't know what was coming next now there is a chance that we are severely underrating how good of a coach Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb are like maybe it really was them maybe it was them drawing it up beautifully maybe Will Rogers go in there and become a Heisman candidate like Michael Penix I, I think it's the thing that gives them the biggest chance yeah is, is DeBoer what is it is, that's why is, they're is, here isn't it he's lost like 11 games in his whole life or yes. something right is that's what is it 103 and 11 I saw and th- I think those two are the reason why they're number 15 I don't think it's any players or anything like that I think those two coaches are the reason why they're here at number 15 but like you mentioned it is so tough to have them higher than this when it's just like I don't know what the heck that team looks like next year so that's what we, we're kind of tipping the cap it, it might look weird if they win the national championship to have them at number 15 in next year's ranking but they are losing everyone and so it's going to be tough uh 14 Louisville this team obviously had an unreal year in the first year under Jeff Brom 
Um, bring back a lot of really, really talented players. Ashton Gelati is coming back at edge defender. Um, and they also, Dalton, they murdered the transfer portal as well. Uh, Colin Lacey going there. Jordan Gerard, the D-tackle from FIU going there. Some other really talented players as well. I mean, Louisville, I, I still think, is going to be one of the top contenders in the ACC next year. Yeah, no, I, Don, I think Don Chaney went there also from yes, Miami. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, they've, they, they loaded up on talent. They did a really nice job. It's unfortunate the way the season ended, losing their last – Three games. Um, I think. I think especially the Kentucky game that really kind of hurt them. It stunted the momentum a bit because they made a lot of mistakes in that game. They beat themselves in that game. And then the bowl game is what it is. USC. You know, it's hard to prepare for Lincoln Riley no matter how much time you have. But no, Louisville's Louisville's got momentum. I mean, no, no matter what they can, you know, no matter what you look at at the end of the year, um, they played. I believe was that was their first ACC title game. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean this this year is nothing short of a of a massive success for them, considering where they were really since Lamar Jackson left. It it been really really middling. You know, this is really the best year they had since Lamar, and and you could argue being in the ACC title game their best year ever. Um, th there's a lot of there's a lot of talent coming in there. It's a matter of now it looks like they've got Tyler Shuck coming in at quarterback. Yep, if he can keep that momentum going, because I I don't think quarterback even this year was necessarily like their best asset. No, so you know if he can go in there and just keep the momentum going and maybe give him even I think a little more mobile dimension than Jack Plummer, things get really interesting. But they're built on running the ball and defense, and that's still going to be there. Yeah, Jawar Jordan obviously declaring for the NFL draft is a big loss for them as well. But man, they they like I said they killed the portal. Corey Thornton. Uh, a corner from uh, from UCF grayed out really well for us. He's transferring there. Ja'Cory Brooks, who last year was Alabama's number one receiver, he's going. They got Colin Lacey and Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, Thor Griffith, who was like one of the highest graded FCS players this year at Harvard, he's going there. I think I know Jordan's leaving, but I really like the combination of Donald Chaney and Isaac Garendo. Well, I, just yeah. a physical monster of a running back. They even put him back there on kick returns sometimes. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger kick return in my life. No. I mean, he's, he's physical. Donald Chaney was really good for Miami, and now he's coming over that. I, I, I think it starts on the ground, and, and like you said, Lacey and Brooks, they, I mean, they're getting some dudes in the portal at receiver too. So they, they just need it to gel as early as possible, and, and you could I, – I think they have every bit of a chance to win the ACC. Absolutely. I got Monroe Mills, a tackle from Texas Tech. That's, that's been pretty solid, especially in pass protection. I mean, that's – yeah, they're, they're doing – they did really well in the portal. That's why they're staying in that top 15 range. 13, Clemson, a, a team that's kind of had a, a disappointing – year this year but they kind of finished it on a high with winning the, i think the last five or so games i i they actually Dolan, i don't know if you saw they won every game since the infamous tyler from spartanburg call so it's that about, it's all about motivation that That's lit a fire I, I did you see Dabo like celebrating the gator bowl as as hard as he was celebrating the national championships oh yeah no, i love thrilled. that dude everyone was making fun of him for it i was like dude we need to like keep these bowl games alive. This is great that he's yeah. like celebrating it like this. But Clemson at number thirteen, K. Klubnik obviously coming back at quarterback. They have some serious, serious talent on defense though. Uh, that's coming back as well. So Barrett Carter linebacker he's announced he's coming back uh they got some really young players peter woods or d tackle true freshman he's coming back um really other great players that are true freshmen true sophomores too so clemson defensively should still be really good but uh and right now they're our highest ranked acc team going into next year yeah and i think it's just a matter of the passing game getting more consistent right you know i think is is Cade Klubnik, is he going to be a superstar that he was recruited to be, right? I think early in the year it was really a struggle. I think you saw from the from the outset in the Duke game, um, it, it looked like they were a better team trying to hide Cade Klubnik. And I think the difference between them getting into the playoff and not is just going to be his development. I, I mean, they need they need they need to uh, just a little more out of him. Like they're going to be a good running team. They're going to have a great defense. They have a top ten defense every year. This is not a question. 
it's just going to be about them getting their passing game together. They lost Bo Collins, too. He went to yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, they, they have to find something through the air that's more than just – like play actions into the flat because if they can if they can get vertical again like they used to all the quarterbacks they had Boyd and Watson and Lawrence and all that then then they have balance and a Clemson team with balance is always scary absolutely is yeah it was Will Shipley declare for the draft uh literally last night but we don't know about Phil Maffa yet that'd be a huge get if they get him back uh defensively like I said uh Peter Woods the D tackle true freshman five-star recruit coming out of high school 86.1 86.1 grade this year he really played well for them and then Khalil Barnes also a true freshman at safety was one of the 10 highest graded safeties in the country too so they have a couple um stars on that defense that are only true freshmen so yeah Clemson's defense should be really good and now it's just a question of can the offense with Garrett Riley year two can he finally get the thing going and and become a you know, Clemson that we know in the past, honestly. 12 is Utah. Uh, you wanted them to have him lower, Dalton. I, I convinced you to, to put him here at number 12. I consider them to be one of the top contenders for the Big 12 next season, now joining the Big 12, because Cameron Rising's coming back. We know that. Brant Keithy's coming back as well. And you know Kyle Whittingham and that defense is always going to be well coached. And no matter who yeah. they lose, they're always going to be really good. So I think Utah is certainly a Big 12 contender next year. And I think they, uh, they're they going to get back to their you know top 15, top 10 ways. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I, I think this there's some good arguments there. Rising coming back is the biggest one. And they always play very fundamentally sound football. I mean, this year it's why they stood a chance and still made a bowl game. With, with their backups and at times their third stringers because they, they just play fundamentally sound football. They keep themselves in the game, and generally they're just not going to beat themselves, right? You know, they, they still found – they find ways. I mean, they move safeties to running backs, and they find elite running yeah. backs. Like, they just <laughs> – yeah. they find ways to win. And, and you know, with Rising and Keithley coming back, who may be two of the best at their position – now you're adding in talent to that. I mean, yeah. they found a way. I mean, they beat Caleb Williams with Bryson Barnes. Like, it, it, no, it's an incredible, <laughs> a pig farmer. Yeah, incredible, incredible coaching yeah. job. Even this year, just to get to, I believe, did they finish seven and six? Is that right? I think eight and five. I think. Eight and five. Well, they lost to Northwestern in the bowl game. Yeah. So let me. Either way, to have a winning record with yeah. with the situation that they had to beat a team like USC when not a ton of people thought they were going to do it. Um, yeah, eight and five. Yeah. Eight, eight and five with with all of the issues and injuries and everything they had this year I mean this, that's the part where I go yeah maybe you're kind of right is because you go plus they're going to the big 12 now yeah and, and wide and open big 12 next year's big 12 is going to be wide open I don't think it's as good nearly as this year's Pac-12 mm-hmm. was um no Utah if Utah won the big 12 I wouldn't be that shocked they just need rising to look and maybe tell me this do you think they were do you think they were smart to just keep rising out the whole yeah. year? You preserve it. Preserve right it. Move? Yeah, I, I, I think it was. I, I think once he got too like, it was halfway through the season where I think they decided to keep him out, and I think at that point it was like, all right, that's the move. So I, I think listen, it, it, also I think Whittingham might have been thinking, man, we got a twelve team playoff next year. We, we can sneak in there with twelve team playoff. Absolutely. Well, and so. I think that and you know what we keep talking about who's going to win these conferences. That's the automatic, but yes, like you don't. There's you know, other than the group of there's 11 spots, mm-hmm. you're really talking about four big conferences, not power. We uh, we have to start calling it the power four. It's power four. Like, yeah. 12 just isn't a, a thing. But, like, you talk about, okay, again, it's a team that, like, maybe they don't win the conference, but maybe they go 10 and 2 and mm-hmm. 11 or 11 and 1 and just have the right wins. And, you know, maybe they have to play a road game in the playoff, but this is how much more open it is. So it's like, we can, I think we can pick favorites to win a conference. I don't know that I would favor Utah over somebody else we're about to have, but they have, they certainly stand a chance. They've, they've been prime time before. And dude, they won the Pac-12 with, we won the last two Pac-12 titles with rising at quarterback. Yeah. And now he's back. And now it's like, okay, you go from a conference that was loaded. 
now to an easier conference. It's still going to be really good, but an easier conference in the Big 12 without Texas, without Oklahoma. I think, look, all this, I'm going to be honest, all the spotlight is on the SEC and the Big 10 because it always is. The Big 12 is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, like, yeah. I, I'm looking at some of these teams we have here, and there's probably a couple others with like some sneaky talent, but like the Big 12 is going to be wide open. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be, we're, that's another one. We're going to get to the last month of next season. Yeah. And it's going to feel like we're doing Big 12 games like off the, off the wall yeah like all over the place because they're just there's gonna be i think this, i mean even this year you almost had you weren't that far away from a four-way tie at the top of the mm-hmm. big 12 I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see something like that next year no absolutely not and dude i mean we haven't they're not, spoiler alert they're not in the top 25 and I, I, some people might disagree with that but colorado is gonna be in like shador sanders what if he just is like a heisman season you know, was, you know like yeah. travis hunter there I like mean, i mean you never know if they yeah if they figure it out on defense too, you never know sure. if they figure it out another team's got to figure it out Dolan, and another team again this feels so wrong to have them outside the top 10 but they hear ohio state buckeyes at number 11 so can you i i understand why we have them here but just to explain to people at home why i gotta look up the last time they started the season outside the top 10 this, but why are they outside the top I, 10? this might have been our most contentious argument because yeah. honestly i again this is one of the talent lost teams you know your top three receivers are gone your number two back went to uh, Kentucky, your quarterback went to Syracuse. You're welcome. Um, you know, you're losing guys like Sawyer. And the receiver went to Penn State too. I'm, I'm winning both ways yeah, here, man. There you go. Now, now you're now you're beating Ohio State finally. <laughs> um, you know, you're losing Sawyer to Imolowau, uh Denzel Burke. Like, there's just so much talent leaving, and we haven't heard a ton of momentum about talent coming in. Yeah. Right. Well, they were in the Cam Ward thing, and obviously now they're not. Now it's now it sounds like Will Howard mm-hmm. is going to be maybe leaning towards going there but is do we put will howard on the same caliber what they used to have of like no justin fields and cj stroud and even i mean is he even kyle mccord is he better than kyle mccord is is he he's more mobile than kyle mccord i think he might be a little better than kyle mccord but yeah i kind of like mccord i like mccord too and i i think especially now i think for as much as day is getting ripped for not beating michigan i actually think ryan day did a really good job coaching his team this year yeah i think nowadays with the way football is it's hard to coach a guy in the style of Kyle McCord, right? Who's essentially, I mean, you, you think about a skill set like just statue, right? Like, like just, just no movement at all from your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he still found a way to do it. Howard would be, if he goes, more athletic, but they're losing just boatloads of talent. Like, I mean, first round type talent. You know, is Cade Stover declared? Uh, I think he has. I, I mean, if you're, you're losing him too, I, I love him too, but it's just gone. And and I, we haven't heard anything about replacements or anything in the portal, really. Not, not a whole lot going on there. I could have put him lower down there with Washington and Florida State. You wanted him in the top 10. This is kind of in between. They might be the hardest team in the country right now to evaluate. They are. And so there's a couple guys here that I think will help out a lot uh, that might come back. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, I've heard they're really trying to raise money to, to get him back. That'd be huge. Ameka Egbuka is another one I heard that is thinking about it. I don't know if he actually has declared yet. That's actually a good question. But he played in the bowl game. He played in the bowl game. Um, I don't know. He didn't have a year that he expected to have, and maybe he thinks, okay, Harrison's gone now. I could be the top guy. This is a loaded receiver class, too. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. For as much as I think we both like Ibuka, is it possible that he's actually in this year's class a second-round pick? Yeah, he might be. He might be. So I that's why was sh- it seems if he come fire earlier in the year, there was some talk about how he might be wide receiver, too, behind Harrison. Right. I, had him, I had him number two. Yeah. I had him number two going into the year. Yeah, and but – That'd be huge. So, again, we reserve the right to change this list. We don't know what the heck this team looks like yet. But as of right now, 
they're not in the top uh, 10 right now, which feels wrong. And actually, I looked it up, Dalton. The last time they started the season, out, the last time they started the season outside the top six, let alone the top 10, was 2012. So we're talking about like 11 years ago. They were number 18 starting that season. Uh, they actually finished the year number three. So so even when they were doubted that year, they maybe, ended up Maybe we're doing good. something good for you, yeah. Ohio State fans. Maybe 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 we're maybe we're letting people sleep on you a little bit and then make make the comeback in the new Big it's Ten. Just, we'll it see. feels wrong. It feels so wrong. But I again, it's like the art, when we were arguing, you're like, okay, what do they bring back? I'm like, I don't care. It's Ohio State. It's Ohio State. They have to be top ten. Eventually, it, it, like I just think – I'm, I'm a little. Has, it just I'm how, has to be I'm, about talent, doesn't I, it? I care more about the helmet than I think about the talent there. I think right now, which is which is what it is. And Ohio State, granted, Ohio State is one of those teams like Georgia and Alabama that just reloads, and maybe they do have these freshmen that are just gonna be studs. But man, we don't know. It's just like that. It scares me a little. And I understand why we don't have a top ten, especially because the top ten we're gonna be about to get to, man, is pretty loaded. So let's actually start off with the top ten with our number ten team in college football heading into next season. That is the Notre Dame fighting Irish, who obviously killed it in the portal this year. They lost some guys in the portal as well, lose some big-time players to the NFL draft, but still starting off at number 10, especially with the talent they have on defense coming back, man. That's, that's the big one for me, the talent on defense. Howard Cross, Riley Mills, Jack Kaiser all coming back. That front seven, Marcus Freeman coaching it. They don't give up big plays. It was still one of the highest deep graded defenses in the country, bringing most of what they have back. It's an excellent, excellent defense that gives them – a terrific floor and I, and I think Notre Dame may be the single biggest beneficiary of the new playoff because I, I you know we've talked about it before I don't really understand why they're not in a conference but now top 12 Notre Dame it's gonna that money it's it's, it's the NBC money TV. man it's all about, it's always it's all <laughs> take it up with our boss TV. Chris Collinsworth if you want right. to change it man <laughs> yeah. it's it's just they they have such a high floor and yeah. they're they're the team, honestly, with the schedule they build for themselves. I mean, they still play like half their schedules, ACC games, right? Mm-hmm. Six or seven games. They're they're the team. They they win ten games. One, they're Notre Dame. Two, they are pretty darn good. They're gonna put them in. They're gonna find a way to put them in the top twelve. If Notre Dame has ten wins, that's just it's just gonna happen. But their defense gives them a high floor. Riley Leonard's a better athlete than Sam Hartman. If he develops the way some people think he can, that's gonna be a work a lot better than Sam Hartman. Um, you know Chris Mitchell, right, coming in right. from FIU at receiver. Bo Collins, yeah. yeah. They're just they're trying to they're trying to just build this offense from the outside from the outside in. Um, big losses, obviously, in the offensive line. Joe Alt, yeah, uh, Blake Fisher, Blake yeah. Fisher, um, center. Is he Coral? Yeah. yeah. They it's just they they have to build the offense, but the defense gives them such a high floor with just studs coming back left and right, crossing Mills in the middle, like w- the way we had Sweat and Murphy at Texas this year. Cross and Mills is pretty much right behind them. Yeah. And next year will look like that pairing. Like, good good luck running the football in Notre Dame next year, honestly. And Jack Kaiser, stud linebacker. We didn't talk about him enough. Stud linebacker. He's going back as well. Another guy that we didn't really talk about too much because he didn't really grade out that well, but he led the nation in picks. He won the Bronco Nagurski Trophy as a top defender in the country. Xavier Watts, safety, yeah. also coming back as well. So that's a big that's a big get for them. Mitchell Evans. Mitchell, I was just going to get there. Mitchell Evans. Um, long as he recovers well from the ACL, that's that's. Is he the number one tight end heading into next year? I think he is, right? I think so. I'm not coming up with any other guys off the top of my head, but I, yeah. I was 
I think his label next year is going to be Riley Leonard's best friend. Yeah. Because Mitchell Evans is really, really good. And and I think I think actually that's where their offense started to go downhill is when he got hurt. Yeah. Because it, it, he just adds he's the, a security like adds the dimension. It's it's not just even that. It's the dimension up the seam. Right. Like the the vertical down the middle. They did, he was the only guy that got vertical between the numbers for them. It's like you just saw explosive plays just disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and Evans, I. Literally, that's what I would call him. It wouldn't shock if him and Riley Leonard were best friends next year. I wouldn't be shocked at all because Evans is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And so, obviously, we got to mention what they lost as well. Audrey Gusman gone. Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, Sam Hartman, Cam Hart, really good corner. J.D. Bertrand, really good linebacker. So they lost a lot, but they're bringing back a lot. They really murdered the portal. Another thing that we'd be remiss if we don't mention this: they hired Mike Denbrock. LSU's offensive coordinator as their new offensive coordinator. Gerard Parker, um, who's recently hired, I think it's Troy's head coach. Um, Notre Dame fans, it's like addition by subtraction to a lot of Notre Dame fans. They were pretty happy about Gerard Parker leaving. You get Mike Denbrock, LSU had the number one offense in the country this year. I understand they had a crazy talent, but man, that's good. But I do think about, you know, sometimes you just go styles make fights. And I think now Riley Leonard is not the same athlete as Jaden Daniels. But he's a pretty. But he can run. But he's a yeah. pretty darn good athlete. Yeah. Like Riley Leonard is one of the best athletes in college football at quarterback. And mm-hmm. you think about the things in the read game, things just getting him on the move, allowing him to, to scramble, creating space, and being free. That's that's a pairing that actually we're we're gonna need to watch. I don't know at Notre Dame they don't have like a big tradition of wide open offenses. Right. And I don't think it'll be as wide open as LSU was last year. But I think stylistically, when you look at Leonard's skill set. And you look at Daniel's skill set, and it's not that different. I don't know that. I just don't know that Leonard can get down the field like Daniels did this year. But Daniels, for four years before this year, we didn't think could get down the field either, right? I think was it last year he had 16 big time throws, and yeah. this year he had 32 or 33. I mean, if he unlocks Leonard vertically, and they can get things going down the field and create space, and get his feet going like he did obviously i mean he's just got he's a natural runner Mm -hmm. i i think i i think it's an interesting pairing but for me again the biggest thing that it's going to allow them to experiment with that earlier in the year is their defense their defense their defense their defense it's it gives them a wicked high floor where it's like early on look if things don't gel all the way and they only score 21 to 24 points they're still going to win those games Right, like they can do that. I mean, even even the Ohio State game, they lost. Was it seventeen to fourteen? Mm-hmm. Right. They like they they're used to playing in those games, so they're not going to ask Leonard to score forty points a week. They yeah. don't need that. Like LSU needed that, right? Yeah. But I think the style with the new offensive coordinator with with Leonard and just you know if they can get these weapons to gel with it. They're going to be a problem. They absolutely are. Another guy I wanted to bring up really quickly, R.J. Oben, not the only Duke player. Ryland's not the only Duke player transferred to Notre Dame. R.J. Oben, who grayed out really well for us, edge defender from Duke. Um, he, he is also entering the portal. Last year, he actually graded out a lot better than this year, but still, I think he's a really talented edge that is going uh, to Notre Dame. So that's another one. So Notre Dame at number 10. Uh, at number 9 now, another team that we love all year, Dalton, and they're bringing back everyone is the Missouri Tigers. We have them at number nine, bringing back basically everyone on offense, man. And I I am super excited for the Missouri Tigers, and they should be one of the top contenders in the SEC East next year. Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest question is losing losing Cody Schrader. I mean, you've got – you know what you're going to get now. Brady Cook's coming back for another year. Kirby Moore, you know, they didn't lose him to any head coaching. We love Kirby Moore, that system Mm -hmm. they're running. Luther Burden might be the best receiver in the country next year. 
Um, solid defense that they're adding talent to. We'll get into that. But the biggest thing is replacing Schrader and the toughness. I think really in the second half of the year, you saw it in the bowl game against Ohio State. Still had all their defense out there. Had to get physical with them, right? There was certain games that Schrader took over. You know, they kind of were finding – they were finding – there's still times where Cook is a gunslinger, put the ball in danger a little bit, finds, you know, a little out of rhythm. I know Burton had a hamstring problem late in the year. They really leaned on Schrader heavily late in the year. And – how are they going to replace that and keep the balance in their running game? You know, because I believe they had a top six run blocking crew this year. So yeah. replacing Javon Foster at left tackle mm -hmm. and replacing Cody Schrader and keeping the balance in this offense. Because I I've told you before, I think there's elements of this offense that look a lot like kind of like a like a Sean McVay kind of offense. Mm -hmm. where And the play action is big time. And, and play action and flood concepts and finding matchups and reading coverages is great. But – it starts, it starts with the run game. A lot of it started with Schrader, and they just need to replace his production back there. Absolutely. Listen, not only Burden and Kirby Moore, Brady Cook, Connor Tolleson, their center, one of the top highest-grade centers of all year, he announced he's returning as well. Uh, Theo Weiss, he hasn't announced yet, but all the rumors are he's returning as well. So if they get him back, that's huge. Marquise Johnson, uh, they can get him back as well at receiver. He's really good. Obviously, you lose Cody Schrader, you mentioned him. Chris Abrams-Strand's gone as well. Big loss in the secondary. Another big loss in the secondary is Ennis Rigstraw Jr., the other corner. He's a really good player. Javon Foster, one of the best left tackles in the country, is gone. Uh, Darius Robinson, really underrated edge, is gone as well. But they, uh, like I said, that offense is just so good. And we have to have them at, like this high because Luther Burden III, I think, is the best receiver heading into next season. Going to be probably a top five pick in the draft. Um, and then also, man, they, they have some talent uh, in recruiting and in the portal. Williams Wanary, uh, an edge defender, was the number two overall recruit in the country coming out of high school. He is going to Missouri. So that is a huge get for them who needed defensive talent. Darius Smith, a, a really uh, highly rated linebacker at Georgia, he transferred to Missouri as well. Caden Green, who started basically the whole season for Oklahoma at left guard, he was a stud for them. He's transferring over to, uh, to Missouri. And then uh, to replace maybe Cody Schrader, Marcus Carroll, uh, Georgia State's running back, who I like a little bit, uh, he's also transferred to Missouri. So they got some really interesting pieces that are also joining a, a loaded offense and, and hopefully a better defense next year too. Yeah, and one area, that's, that's an interesting one because for me, I think the only thing Missouri didn't have this year was like one – primetime pass rusher like when yeah. they when they got to the quarterback it was it was schemed up right it was blitzes they ran a ton of stunts I mean they can scheme up pressure but they didn't have anybody on the d-line if they needed to just rush forward in a traditional manner that was just like that guy yeah he could absolutely be that guy I, I think that's that's as good a fit if they were going to get like a five-star guy like that that's mm. as good a fit as there could be he, he could and probably should start day one honestly or at least be a big contributor because they just need they need that dude on the defensive line. And, yeah. and if they can get that, especially with what you said, losing in the coverage unit, maybe it tilts towards the pass rush. And maybe we're trying to get scary in the front seven, and then teams are rushing throws and doing all that. I mean, maybe they, And they can still scheme up all that stuff. It's right. clearly in the back pocket, right? They, they did it all year. But adding, adding a rusher like that, and, and just the statement it makes for, like, Missouri, who before this year was middling, now making big statements left and right, beating Ohio State, winning SEC games, doing all this stuff – and now you get a five-star guy like that. That's that's an incredible accomplishment. The last time they got – so they – I don't think they've gotten any top three overall recruits since Doriel Green Beckham uh, back in 2011, 2012. Um, and obviously he, he battled some, some stuff off the field as well. But he ended up being a, a good player in college when he did play on the field. But before, but since then, they've only had two top three overall recruits go in there. Luther Burden III, who – best receiver in the country, and now Williams won area. 
So if he ends up like the bird in the third and it ends up being that good, that's a massive win uh, for Missouri. So he, again, it, it's tough to expect a true freshman to come in there and just dominate immediately, but he was the number one defensive player coming out of high school. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's go to number eight now, uh, which is my Penn State Nittany Lions here at number eight. Obviously, you can't tell from the helmet logo, but no, there's no there's no logo on the helmet. There is there is the blue line right there if you want to see that. But Penn State obviously losing a lot of talent uh, to the NFL draft, um, but they bring back some talent on offense, and this is always kind of a team that you just have to have in that top ten to fifteen range every year, basically. It's another one. It's kind of like Notre Dame. The, the floor on the defense. We know their defense is going to be fine. I mean, they still they lose Chop and they probably lose. I think did Kalen King declare? He announced. Yeah, you're losing Kalen King, I, but they they're going to have a high floor on defense. They're Penn State, right? It's kind of I, I don't. Manny Diaz gone though. It's kind of Manny Diaz is gone, but they were their defenses were pretty darn good before right. Manny Diaz. Too. Yeah, they always they're going to play great defense, and I think they see to me with Penn State. They, they're like, there's, I guess, smallest question mark. They're like the safest bet is the fact that they do have Drew Aller. Like, I don't doubt Drew Aller one bit. I'm pretty sure he had top 15 or so passing grades somewhere, maybe even top 10. Like, very safe with the football, capable of making every throw. Like, I, I think, I think people who are putting the blame on Drew Aller for, for you know, any of Penn State's failures this year are looking in the wrong spot. I agree. They, they just. You know, the O-line, other than Fashanu, wasn't great. The receiving core wasn't great. They're trying to build that now, getting Julian Fleming in there. Um, they, they obviously need more. Dante Seafish just entered the portal. Yeah. Um, they need weapons. Aller's Aller got all the talent. Bad. He's got all the talent in the world. He can be as good a pocket passer as anybody in the country. Like, I, I don't think um, – like, say, take, like, Drake May. Drake May's a better athlete. Mm -hmm. But I think from within the pocket, I think Drew Aller can do all the things in the pocket that Drake May can do. But they, they need weapons, man. I, I, that's the biggest question yeah. for me, um, especially when you're playing great defenses. Right? Yeah. You're playing you – know, I think they're – are they avoiding Michigan this year? Is that what I think they're – yeah, they're avoiding Michigan. But you're still but... – you're playing a lot of good defenses in the Big Ten, and, and they just – because of it, because they can't be explosive yet – they play in way too many closer games than than they should, but their defense gives them a high floor. And Drew Aller, the one I think the one thing you have to love with him, he doesn't put the ball in danger. He might have his misses, and he might try to put it in some tight windows sometimes because just not a lot of guys open. But I think he's a high floor quarterback. They have a high floor defense. All that's and and the the pressure is going to be the urgency level is going to be off the charts. And I think like, they're another one. Big Ten, no more divisions. Mm -hmm. If you're one of the two best, you get in the conference title game, get out there and be one of the two best. You don't have to win the East anymore and beat them no. both and do all that. But I, I think they're a team with a really, really high floor that the expectation should be playoffs or bust. It, it should be. And look at the schedule right now. They avoid Michigan. They avoid Oregon, too, which is huge. They play Ohio State. They play Washington. They play USC. Uh, but that's really it uh, as for the teams we have in this top 25. So – those are the only three they play in the top 25, and Penn State, in our opinion, is ranked all above all of them. So they avoid Michigan and Oregon, which is huge. Um, so it could be a great year for Penn State. I agree with you, man. I, I think any blame that Penn State fans have on Drew Aller is sorely, sorely misplaced, man. I, I think this guy's a stud. I think he still could be a first-round pick in next year's draft. Um, it just the receivers were not getting open. The offense was horribly designed. I mean, they, they had a big arm quarterback that they never let throw the ball down the field it made no sense and i understand the receivers couldn't get open to begin with and the offensive line outside of olu couldn't block that's what it, that's what should be said here drew aller is 
perfectly capable of making all of every throw on the field. He wasn't allowed to. Rifle. Absolute, like, honestly, like, this is, okay, people relax when I say this. But I think, like, the style of passer he is, like, huge lower body, doesn't move a ton, but moves enough, like, so easy, like, 50. I, I think, the like, the body type and the way he throws the football does remind me of Andrew Luck. Like, I like that. I'm not saying at all relax on, on whatever comparison of talent you think that is, but, like, Luck made downfield throws look easy, and Aller makes downfield throws look easy. Easy. Every yeah. time I saw him throw a bomb, like uh, there was, I think, two against Indiana. Yeah. There was one against West Virginia off platform. This Michigan State tape game. was crazy, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's perfectly capable of doing everything you need him to do. And, and I mean, you have to find the weapons, first of all, that can separate and then just let him do it. Yeah. And I, I'm very curious to see. They got the um, offensive coordinator from Kansas. Yeah, Andy Kolnecki, yeah. What that offense looks like. Because if he runs it the way he ran it with Jalen Daniels, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense. But if there's adjustments, just, you know, I think the one thing, too, is they'll be better. Even, look, you're not going to build the country's best receiving core overnight. No. What Kansas' offense was really good at was creating space. Yep. Just create space. Get him, you know, the easy throws can be easy, and then ask him to take shots when you need him to. But he's perfectly capable of making every throw on the field. And, and, and I, think, I think he's – he might be the biggest reason that we still have him in the top 10. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, Dolan, do you know that Kansas <clears throat> right now is the – we're actually finished for the season, basically. They're the number two receiving grade in the country behind Washington. Big time. And they don't have, like, a, a dude. You know, no. it's not like that. So, if Kodanaka could do that and just scheme these guys open, a that is about huge. about creating it. And Washington is the team, you know, I mentioned in the preview show about they have the combination of – talent and scheming them open yeah you know one or the other is fantastic but i mean look they just added julian fleming yeah right like they, it's not it's not like penn state i i don't i don't know where where it happened or where or when it happened that penn state all of a sudden just couldn't find receivers yeah that doesn't make a ton of they sense. they always had one star and yeah. they always just over rely on that one star but they always had the one it's just this year they didn't have it and it was just like that's when it blew up is when you don't have that guy um but yeah kodanaki joining an office corner i like that hire he does um I like the offense as he runs at Kansas a little bit because there's a little bit of everything that you see in his offense. So hopefully he could cater it around Drew Aller. Um, and I think that's the way to do it. Tom Allen, also defensive coordinator, the fired Indiana head coach, now the new defensive coordinator at Penn State. So kind of like Manny Diaz, who was fired at Miami, joined a defensive coordinator, then got a head coaching job at Duke. Maybe Tom Allen could do the same reclamation kind of project at Penn State. So we'll see there. But yeah, man, Penn State losing Ola Fashanu, losing Chop Robinson, losing Kalen King, Adisa Isaac leaving as well, uh, Theo Johnson, the tight end, Curtis Jacobs, the linebacker, Daquan Hardy, corner, all leaving. Um, but they do bring back some talent. I mean, Drew Allery mentioned him before. Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, two really good backs they have. Kevin Winston Jr., not a lot of people talk about him. I think he's going to be one of the top five to ten safeties heading into next year. He's a star. Uh, Kobe King, uh, Kalen, actually, his twin brother, graded out really well at linebacker for Penn State this year as well. And then another guy, they lose Chop and Adisa Isaac at edge. Another guy I'm really excited about because every time he's on the field, he flashes, and he was a top 20 recruit coming out of high school, is Deny Dennis Sutton. And so he's the new edge, starting edge for Penn State. I am excited for him, man. I think he could really blow up. He's got crazy physical tools. Like I said, former five-star recruit, and it was limited snaps, but every time he's on the field, he flashed. And so I think that is a guy that I'm really excited to see uh, at Penn State next year. So we'll see for the Nittany Lions, hopefully – this will be finally be the year they get over the hump, but knowing them, maybe not. But we'll see. Uh, number seven, Dalton, 
a team that I know this one might cause a lot of uh, a lot of comments in our comment section, but we have the Arizona Wildcats as our number seven team in the country heading into next season. And obviously, I know. You love their receiver they got there in Tetero McMillan, but they have a lot of other talent that's returning as well. Man. Oh, I, th- I think it starts with Noah Fafita and Tetero McMillan in this passing game. They just, you know, earlier in the year, it was kind of high percentage, short throws, screens, run the ball. Jonah Coleman, a wicked physical runner. I mean, just he'll run you straight over. They, they've got everything offensively you could want. And they ended the year just raging, raging hot. They played the second half of the year like a top 10 team every, every week. They just offensively Jed Fish found it with Fafita you know and it, it's only weird because coming into the year it was supposed to be Jaden Delora doing yeah. all that and and Delora got hurt and Fafita they just you just couldn't take him back out right I think the big things for this team for me on the plus side I think this is another one big benefit going to the Big 12 yeah away from this year's Pac-12 right I almost wonder if they were in the Big 12 this year how much sooner would they have figured it out right I mean yeah. only only lost to Washington by three uh, I don't remember if they played Oregon earlier in the year, but, like, I, I think they had a loss to Mississippi State where they turned the ball over a lot. Like, when they figured it out, this looked like a top-10 team. And, and in, the, in the bowl game, in the Oklahoma game, look, they got up early. Then they went down double digits, man, and their defense stepped up and they found it. You know, and, and honest, McMillan, I'm going to be honest with you, the second half, he's uncoverable. This, yeah. this, is, I, this might be my new favorite player in the country. Is he number two behind Luther Burn the third in our receiver rankings for next year? He may year? not be number two, Max. Stop. Uh, I'm, Stop. No, I'm serious. We've been, we've been singing the praises of Luther Burden all. You can't back out on I mean, me now. No, uh, for, for now, I will, I will leave Burden one. Okay. But that's going to be tight. Come next year. These McMillan at his size right now, about six five and two ten, as fluid as he moves. You you know the name that I've been throwing out. Throw it out again, please. And as he he moves, he looks like Mike Evans to me. I, I I'm just he's so fluid. He's gonna win contested catches. He's so explosive. I I don't think he's probably more than he's probably like a four five guy, like yeah. in the forty, but. Like he, he's fluid. I mean, he though, is, yeah. You don't see guys his size as fluid as they are. Like it's just not as he was a sophomore this year, correct? Yeah, true like sophomore. He is, yeah. He's he's it. I'm telling you, McMillan. I'll leave Burden number one for now. All right. But by by this time next year, it might be flipped because right. Burden's got the more of like it's. He reminds me a lot of Devontae Smith. He's like he's a little bit that he's, like he's, Debo he's, after the catch though too. Yeah, he's like a monster after, after the catch. After the catch. Like, can take the screen game, can get vertical, can do just a lot of, like, the just good separator, like, a lot of those things. Like, but McMillan, that's, that's, that guy's a freak. What, yeah. the, as smooth as he moves at 6'5, and, and just, it just, he makes, he makes it look easy and he makes contested catches look easy. I, I absolutely love that guy. And the fact that Arizona's not going to shy away from the run game either. I think the one thing they need to do, the one thing I didn't think looked great in the bowl game, now they were shuffling guys around on three weeks' notice because Jordan Jordan Morgan opted out, yeah. understandably. Um, just figure out what you have going on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, as long as as long as Fafita's protected enough and they can get the run game going to balance it, this, they're, they're as dangerous, especially offensively, as any team in the country. I, I love the storyline, too. You actually told me this morning uh, – that Nofafita and Tetro McMillan like grew up together, right? Like I think they played Pee Wee football. I think they said they've been playing together since they were like twelve or thirteen. They went to the same high school yeah. and then obviously and out Arizona together. It, it's awesome. I think that's gonna be a really cool story. If Arizona is as good as we think they are, that's gonna be a storyline. Everyone's like the Tez Johnson, Bo Nix adopted brother thing. That's gonna be something they always go to. And I think the Fafita McMillan growing up together and, and both being stars 
uh, and throwing to each other is going to be fantastic as well. But uh, Jonah Coleman, man, another running back going back for them. Uh, Takario Davis, their corner going back. Trayden Stukes, they're another corner going back. Michael Wiley's going back as well. Um, they lose Jacob Cowling, another stud receiver that they have there. And Jordan Morgan, obviously their star left tackle is gone as well. But it just feels like Arizona is just kind of, besides those two players, it's kind of the same exact team. And that team might finish in the top 10 of the final AP poll, honestly. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for them to be here at number seven and, and the Big 12 champion as, as we have them ranked right now. Yeah, no, they should be in the top 10 when the, when the new poll comes out after the title. No, they absolutely should. The way they played the second half of the year and, and, and just, I mean, they're really talented. Actually, I think you mentioned Coleman and Wiley. That might be the most underrated duo of backs yeah. in the country. Wiley gives you a lot in the receiving game. Coleman is a, I'm t- between tank, the tackles, dude. he is a tank. He's like, like, Audrey, he's he's, like a mini Audrick Estime a little bit. Yeah, you know? like, I, that's that's the exact comparison I had. He is just, he just is maybe, probably the most physical returning running back yeah. in the country. And he could catch out of the backfield yeah. too, man. Oh, absolutely. Wiley's a stud he receiver too. He is a too. nightmare to tackle. Yeah. Like Coleman, I, I I just love watching him run. Like he, yeah. He's like, it's like you just take a Notre Dame or a Big Ten running back and you just stick him in Arizona. For, <laughs> yeah. for some reason, he ended up in Arizona and he, I mean, just a monster. I mean, yeah. when you talk about they can take games and just – just start running. Just you know, think about Oregon State, right? Just start running outside zone. Just hand it to Coleman and let him hit somebody. Yeah. Because that that's they have every element in their offense they could possibly want already. Yeah. And some good defense. Like I, Takara Davis grayed out really well. Trading Stooks grayed out pretty well as well. So yeah, the defense, offense, I mean, everything is is cooking for Arizona right now. So Jed Fish, man, they were a joke a couple years ago. I think they went one and eleven in his first year there. So now, there's number seven in our he way had, too early. I mean, they just he went to a team that had no talent. Yeah, at, at all, just at all. I, I mean, they they just they were, it was a mess. It really was. I I don't know what had happened for a few years there where they just nope, just everyone stopped going to Arizona. But no, what he's built already is, is unbelievable. Yeah. So right now, our Big Twelve favorite for next year is Arizona, um, and one of the favorites for the Big Ten next year. Now joining the Big Ten uh, is Oregon. We have Oregon here at number six. Uh, in our top 10 ranking, obviously, they're losing a lot of talent. Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, Jackson Powers Johnson, Brandon Dorless, Kyrie Jackson. A lot is leaving. But they got the best transfer uh, at quarterback, and best transfer period probably yeah. in Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Another Dante Moore. If Gabriel gets hurt. Dante Moore is right behind him as well. Uh, Kobe Savage out the portal as well. They bring out some good players as well. And then a thing I think we need to mention one of the most well-coached teams in the country. One of the yeah. best-coached teams in the country with Dan Lanning and Will Stein holding up the offense. So Oregon here at number six should be seen as one of the top Big Ten contenders next year. Yeah, most of a team returning that pretty much blasted everybody except for the two Washington losses. And and I think, I think getting Gabriel is the biggest factor here. When you talk about you go from a top three quarterback to Gabriel still like a top eight quarterback, mm-hmm. at least this year and could be higher than that next year. Um, it's a perfect fit. The scheme, the run game. Did we say Jordan James is coming back? Yes, Jordan, I think he is. Jordan James is spectacular. Just spectacular. Tez Johnson announced Tez, today. Tez He's Johnson, come back. Just yeah. an excellent football player. There's, I mean, I, I, I don't see a scenario where Oregon doesn't. It, there's not many scenarios, I should say, where they're not a playoff team next year. Yeah, I, I just they're such. It's high floor it is high ceiling too i mean the number of teams they beat by 30 points this year i can't can't deny that it's just again Penix and washington that's just the kryptonite but oregon in any other game i mean i, I what did they play another the texas tech game was the only other close game they played all season so they getting dylan gabriel in there it's it's just it's so 
it's, it's just such a smooth transition, right? It's like, it's just so easy to just go, okay, get in there and let it rip, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so right now, I mean, Tez Johnson, uh, Jordan James, Johnny Cornelius, or one of their tackles has not announced yet, but he might come back. Uh, Jeffrey Bassa, linebacker, good linebacker for them. He's coming back. Terrence Ferguson, tight end, might come back as well. Uh, Kobe Savage, uh, I mentioned him before in the portal. Uh, he They got him from Kansas State, really good safety. I, I like him a lot. So, listen, they're losing a lot. But I think Oregon, as well coached as they are, they got a big, big time quarterback in the portal, and Dylan Gabriel, another big time one, and Dante Moore too. Uh, the future of Oregon is set. And man, how about uh, how about Dan Lanning starting off with starting his Oregon tenure off with Bo Nix, Dylan Gabriel, and then Dante Moore after that? That is a really, really good big three time. quarterbacks to start big off time. with. So at number six is Oregon. So Dalton, you actually have our top five helmets over there. So you want to reveal who our uh, number five team is right now? It is right now the kings of the transfer portal. And, of course, as an FAU alum, maybe my favorite coach in the country, <laughs> the Ole Miss Rebels and the Lane Train. Yeah, have to be, right? Absolutely. They, they've got to be up there. Look, beat, they beat Penn State in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> you you were, yeah, of course, I had to. You, you, were, you were there for it. I, I had, was. I had to bring it up. I was. Enough. Just an elite offensive team building a ton of defense through the portal. Prince Liam on Mielin. Walter Nolan, Tamarion McDonald, Chris Paul, like just adding, and even Juice Wells on offense. Now, you got a kind of a question mark this morning because all of a sudden now we've got Quinshawn Judkins in the portal mm-hmm. and the running game, it takes, it takes a hit. Judkins wasn't quite as efficient this year as he was last year, but still at times the engine of their offense. I think he forced 76 missed tackles again this year. Just, yeah. Just a crazy number. He's really good, obviously. But, no, I mean, I think Lane Kiffin's the best play caller in the country. Jackson Dart, you know, just continues to get better. I'd like to see him get better in straight dropback situations outside of play action, but they're loaded with weapons. They're loading up on defense in the portal because they know the defense is the flaw, right? Yeah. They already would have been a playoff team this year. The only two losses were to Georgia and Bama, mm-hmm. right? And those sides, Georgia and Bama are just better than them. Why? Because they can't stop the run. Ole Miss, that's just kind of it's where it's at. And, and I think Kiffin finally is buying in all the way in. I got to fix this defense. Yeah, this t- this e- this offense with me calling the plays, with a maybe a top twenty defense instead of a top half, you know, it's yeah, not great. That's an elite football team. Yeah, and, and the, just the the sheer amount of talent they've added in the portal is insane. Mm-hmm. They it feels like a little bit like Lincoln Riley, except Lincoln Riley changed the defense by just adding coaches, and Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin, excuse me, is just adding talent, man, crazy talent. So Jackson Dart is back, second highest grade among all returning quarterbacks, only behind Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Junkins in the portal, but you bring back Trey Harris, who was a stud receiver, seventh in the Power Five in yards per route run. Caden Prescorn, who was hurt for the first three games. After that, he had 450 receiving yards, which was tied for fourth among unreal Power 5 tight ends. Penn State. Dude, one, like three one-handed a, what, catches. Three one-handed <laughs> catches. Just he was unreal. showing off at what some point. It was, it was insane. Honestly, I was like, where, who, where did he come from with this? Like, yeah, it's insane, Talk dude. about guys who could compete with Mitchell Evans. No, yeah, that he might, he might, he be might be, he it's actually, ridiculous. he might be that that he might be number two for tight ends. But listen, Junkins is a huge loss. Maybe he leaves the portal. Maybe he comes back. Maybe it's a, pl- a play to get more nil. Maybe I don't know. But uh, if they get him back, that's that's massive. But still, man, Prince Liam Yellen, Tyler Barron, Walter Nolan, uh, Dec- uh, Marion Richardson from the from Mississippi State. Oh, what an ad! Yeah, yeah, that, that's huge. Chris Paul Jr. I mean, Juice Wells. 
the receiver from South Carolina who was hurt for a lot of this year. Another thing I want to bring up to with Ole Miss is that they avoid Alabama, Texas, and Missouri. All three of them in our top 10. They don't play them next year unless it's the SEC championship game. Uh, also don't play Tennessee or Texas A&M either. So Ole Miss, they, they play Georgia, but that's in Mississippi. So that's a tough game. But other than that, I think the only game that they won't be favored in probably is that Georgia game. So every, they might have an 11-1 season next year. And I think it reminds me a lot of last year's Florida State, where Florida State finished number 11, where Ole Miss is right now. And then they brought back everyone, and then they killed the transfer portal. And then, obviously, they got snubbed from the playoff this year, but they were great. That feels like Ole Miss to me this year. So I think Ole Miss, number five, I, I love Ole Miss at number five. It, the Judkins news really hurts. But even if they lose him, which is not guaranteed yet, but even if they do lose him, it's still a, a really, really talented team next year. So you want to go over to another SEC team that we actually have at, uh, at number four now. Number four, and they're not feeling so good right now, but they still have talent coming back, and we think their quarterback coming back. Texas Longhorns. Yep. Right? And I think, you know, we saw the one flaw. We saw the one flaw against Washington. It's just their secondary. They've already worked on adding Andrew Makuba to it from Clemson. Yep. If Quinn Ewers is coming back, I mean, you've got a big-time quarterback coming back who, look, he played really well in that game against Washington. It's not mm-hmm. his fault. It's not his fault at all that they lost. They just they couldn't cover. And really, we might find out this week that nobody can cover Washington. That's tough. Yeah. So, um, you're really you're looking at a team, I think, Sarkeesian, Ewers, you know, they're going to lose some weapons. But uh, C.J. Baxter, uh, he's, he might be one of the top five backs in the country next year. Maybe. Uh, so good. Uh, Jaden Blue, I believe, coming back. They just What they have in the backfield and the way they run their offense, it's hard to think that they're not going to be high-flying again next year, especially if Ewers takes another step in his development. Yeah, Ewers, I think, is so he hasn't announced yet. And time of recording is not announced yet. Maybe he does by the time this episode drops. But in the post-game press conference, he kind of was hinting at it by saying, like, I know what we have coming back next year. We're going to be back. Like, he was, like, talking like that. That, to me, sounds like, okay, he's going back. So, Ewers, Malik Muhammad, uh, true freshman corner there, he was phenomenal for them this year. Kelvin Banks Jr., going to be a first-round pick at left tackle probably in 2025. Alfred Collins, another D tackle. They're losing to Vondra Sweat and Byron Murphy most likely. But uh, Alfred Collins is still grayed out really high. Uh, Gavin Holmes, potentially a corner. Jade Barron at safety, potentially coming back too. And they added uh, Trey Moore in the transfer portal, the UCSA edge, who really played well for them. And Matthew Golden, the receiver from Houston. Uh, it was, they lose a lot. Uh, literally, as we're recording, Dolan, Jonathan Brooks officially declared for the draft, so he's gone. But uh, Tavondre Sweat, gone. Byron Murphy, potentially gone. A.D. Mitchell hasn't announced yet, but he's probably gone. Jatavion Sanders, probably gone. Xavier Worthy is gone. Christian Jones is gone. They lose a lot on that offense and, and lose, obviously, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. But Steve Sarkeesian's still there. Great play caller. Quinn Ewers potentially coming back, too. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are losing their quarterbacks this year. Texas does not seem like they'll be one of them. So that's why I think Texas, you know, deserves a spot here. Especially making the playoff and now, you know, going to the SEC, they're probably still a top five-ish team. Yeah, their front year. seven, their front seven's still really good. Their O-line's still really good. Run game, if Ewers is back, you're set there. That makes it a lot easier instead of having, for as much as some people want it to happen, instead of having to tradi- transition to – Arch Manning so quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there, people. <laughs> but it, it's it's kind of it's one of these things where it, it's they just need to figure out at receiver and in the secondary. They're already working on the secondary, and I think at receiver it's not as bad as you might think because Sarkeesian. So much of it is based after the catch, screen game. They run as many screens as anybody in the country. Play action, like just Sarkeesian is a master of creating space and creating after catch opportunities. So if he just finds some really good athletes 
out there, they're going to figure it out. Absolutely. All right, another Big Ten team. This is actually our number one Big Ten team heading into next year, and who is it, Dalton? It is maybe, maybe your national champion, Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. And and I think, um, look, again. Subject to change, by the way. Subject to change, maybe one way or the other. Yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. It might – it might. Um, I thought you were pointing to FAU. Oh no, not, no. My FAU might replace them at three. Don't worry. Um, Tom Herman coming in hot. Um, no, it's the defense will be spectacular. Yeah, not, not a question. Might still be the best defense, and they're not losing a whole lot off that defense. You mm-hmm. got Will Johnson coming back. Might be the best corner in the country. Um, the questions are obviously going to be at head coach. Yeah, and at quarterback. You know who stays, who goes. Is it both or both staying? If they both stay, and Let's, and win it all. And win it all. They very well could win it all again. Yeah. I think it, yeah. is that a motivating factor for both of them? You know, I think McCarthy and what the scouts think in the draft is going to be a big factor. Mm-hmm. If they tell them round two, three grade in this class like this, maybe he comes back. You know, yep. Harbaugh obviously is a lot of stuff, you know, certain teams getting talked about in the NFL. Is he staying? Is he going? Does he want to maybe try to build a dynasty here mm-hmm. in a new Big Ten? Um, there's a lot of mystery, which is kind of why we have them at three. But the defense is gonna be great. They will, uh, you know, they will find ways to grind it out on offense. But it's when you're bringing back most of the best defense in the country, and seeing what we've seen from them this year. Really, again, the second half of this year has been a lot of complimentary football. Just build it around the defense. Um, the the biggest questions are a head coach and a quarterback and those those aren't really questions you want to have going into something like this no and if, number three especially if you're losing your head coach and quarterback they're going to be lower if they lose both but do you think if they lose to Washington is a better chance than they come back than if they win I think there's other factors I, I don't think it's just based on that okay I, I think it's just between so I think if they win I think they both feel good about leaving I mean, right. leave out on top you like know? what. McCarthy, it's going to be based on the scouts. He's going to go yeah. to this like that scouting department at the NFL that tells you what round they think you're going in. If if McCarthy, if they tell him he's going to be a top twenty pick, I have a hard time thinking he's coming back. So, do you ultimately think? Let's make predictions right now. And this might look wrong ultimately by the time it comes out. But do you think McCarthy and Harbaugh are leaving, or do you think one of them is going to stay, or both of them are leaving? I think I think McCarthy's going to leave. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of. It sounds like there's a lot of people in. In, first round in the NFL that really like him as like a top fifth some of them we've heard top 10 talent yeah I, I wouldn't put him in there that's just that's just me though uh, I'm kind of with Trevor who I think has him 52nd yeah. on the board 52nd 53rd on it he's got a yeah, second round grade too. yeah I'm kind of with him on that but there are people if there's enough people in the NFL who think you're a top 10 pick and the number of teams in the top 20 that need um, a quarterback, yeah. That need a quarterback is is ridiculous. I mean, you could go from from one of the Bears all the way down to like eighteen at with Pittsburgh right now. So that's I, I think this. I, I think McCarthy goes. I'm very much more fifty fifty on Harbaugh. I'm fifty fifty. I'm leaning him leaving though. I Cause, think because it sure sounds like sounds like that it's either stay or go to the Chargers. Yeah. And there's been some talks that he absolutely loves Justin Herbert, that he think he could win it all with Justin Herbert. So uh, Harbaugh is, a har- is also a cash thing. It's also – it's like it's still the alma mater. And I remember, and everything they went through this year kind of emboldens that of like, listen, if we still win a trophy through all this, like what yeah. if we do it in like a year where there's not so much of this going on. But right? you got to remember the NCAA investigation too. Like They might have sanctions coming down the pipe. 
So that might be like a motivating factor to get out of lot. there. I think I think Harbaugh is actually the harder one. I think McCarthy, if if he goes to the scouts and they tell him you're going to be a top twenty pick, I think he's going to go. Yeah, right. That's yeah. Harbaugh. I don't, I don't is know tough. that he has a whole lot more to prove. Yeah, if that if that makes sense. He's already what is his record? Twenty six and one. Yeah, I, like that. I don't know that he's got a whole lot more to prove other than um, unless they were to open the offense up more and run like a Washington style offense, but they're not going to do that. No. So not. and if and if Harbaugh go if he goes, McCarthy's gone for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not going to stay. Harbaugh with might draft McCarthy. Honestly, <laughs> like he, he loves well, JJ. Uh, not if it's the Chargers, but no, no, no. Yeah. But if he goes somewhere else, like the Raiders or Bears, maybe. I mean, imagine JJ McCarthy, number one overall pick. <laughs> he would do it. He loves JJ, dude. I'm leave he that. loves JJ. I'm gonna leave that alone. He called him the best quarterback in, in Michigan football history, and I know he called him as good as Caleb Williams too. So I'm gonna leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I feel. I don't know. But listen, besides him, Will Johnson mentioned coming back. Mason Graham, D tackle, stud. I mean, he might be one of the top D tackles heading into next year. Colston Loveland come back at tight end as well. Some other pieces on defense. There are losing Michael Barrett, star linebacker. Roman Wilson probably as well. Mike Samer still, Junior Colson, Josh Wallace. Uh, losing some guys potentially. None of them announced yet, obviously, because they're still playing, and they're not going to do that before the game. Um, but they are losing some guys. And J- they did get Jayshon Barham in the portal. I love him. He was a high, really highly graded true freshman at, at Maryland. Took a step back this year, but I think he is going to help replace Michael Barron Jr. Colson a lot at linebacker. So that's, that's going to be really good. As long as Jesse Mentor stays at D coordinator, man, a defense can be really good. And we'll see. I mean, Sharon Moore maybe could be promoted to head coach. I think that's likely to happen if Harbaugh leaves. Um, I don't think they'll go after anyone else. Like Brian Kelly, I know, has been linked there. But I think it's more likely that they promote Sharon Moore, who went 6-0 and as head coach this year. Um, so, yeah, we'll see with Michigan. Again, this is subject to change. We do not know anything about this Michigan Wolverine team after the national championship game. Um, so we will update this when we find out more. But as of right now, assuming McCarthy leaves and, and Harbaugh stays, uh, number three-ish, or we don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, they're the most difficult that's, that's one to even talk one, about. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to number two now. Who's our number two team? Number two. And I think, honestly, the debate between one and two might have been the hardest one that we had. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And, and you know, I, I think we're, we're kind of riding the talent. They're getting the quarterback back. We're going to roll tide mm-hmm. at number two. And, I mean, you get Milrow back. You get most of the defense back. McKinstry and the edge players got to be replaced. But, they, you know, they're getting some good transfers in. They get Damani Jackson in, probably slides right into Kool-Aid McKinstry's spot at corner. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Milrow. And, look, I, th- I think they proved to us this year. Yeah, I think they were better than a lot of people thought they would be this year. Jalen Milrow was a lot better than people yep. thought. Now they got to they gotta get over some things like, you know, the offensive line obviously struggled with the blitz, struggled with the blitz most of the year. Milrow struggled with it. Now you're losing J.C. Latham to the NFL draft. Your best offensive lineman, Seth McLaughlin, just entered the transfer yep. portal, starting center. So things to figure out up front, I think, on both sides of the ball for sure. How do you replace Turner and Braswell? You know, a lot of these – there's a lot in the trenches, which sounds weird for Alabama, that they have to figure out. But you have Milrow – You've yeah, obviously you've got Saban. I think you said Terry on Arnold's fifty fifty right no, now. He literally just declared. Just now? Just now. Killing me. Yeah. Killing <laughs> no. Me. Well, uh, you know what? Well then I'll switch over. You still have Caleb Downs. Yep. Elite. Maybe the best safety in the country. Yeah. I mean, you they're gonna find it on the back end of their defense. They gotta find it on the D line. D line and O line. I, I think offensive line especially is the it's the biggest, biggest thing. And look, Jalen Milrow still has to get better. The second longest time to throw in the yeah. entire country too long 
you know, there's a long time to throw guys. But, you know, Caleb Williams is even one of them. But too long. I, I think it was up near three and a half seconds on average. Yeah. It, just, it just can't happen. And that's that's where Michigan took advantage, blitzing him every play. Speed him up, and he didn't have an answer. If Milrow can find that, if they can add some quick game to their offense, then then you really have an elite elite. Because they're going to be able to run the ball. Yeah. The, the threat of Milrow with whatever backs they have in there, they're going to be able to run the ball just, just on the dual threat thing. But they need to find it O-line, D-line. But I, I still think uh, they're still Alabama, and they're still going to have an elite football. I would be shocked, shocked if they didn't make the playoff in some capacity. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, especially the 12th team now. They got LT Overton in the portal, former five-star D lineman at, at, uh, at Texas A&M, so they got him there. But, yeah, they're losing a good amount. But, again, Alabama always loses a good amount, and they always come back. And, and listen, we didn't think they'd make the playoff this year. We thought they were going to have a disastrous year, like 8-4, and 9-3, after what we saw in the Texas game, the USF game. And they made the college football playoff anyway. So you can't doubt Nick Saban anymore, man. You really can't. So I think Alabama – Worthy here at number two. Um, losing a lot. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Dallas Turner, Jermaine Burton, most likely. J.C. Latham, Chris Braswell, Terry on Arnold. But you bring back uh, Jalen Moreau. Huge. I mean, he's like a top two to three quarterback probably in the country heading into next year. Got some really good pieces as well. Caleb Downs coming back as well. Um, they got some guys coming back. But they are losing a lot. But I think with Nick Saban, the greatest coach of all time, Jalen Moreau going to be one of the top Heisman contenders next year. That's enough for me to be like, okay, they're gonna. It's Alabama. You can't have them too low here at number two. But at number one, Dalton, who is our number one team heading into next year? That leaves us with the obvious one. We're going back to the well, even though they didn't win a third straight this year. The Georgia Bulldogs. It's yeah. it's still Kirby Smart. Bama was the only game they lost. You still could have easily argued them into the top four this year. Carson Beck coming back. Trevor Etienne coming in, mm -hmm. not losing a whole lot, if anything, on that defense. Still a very good defense this year. Uh, wasn't wasn't quite like number one worthy like the last few years, but look, you've got a boatload of talent. Malachi Starks on the back ends and yep. at least maybe, you know, probably in the argument with Downs as the best safety in the yep. country. You got Kirby Smart coach defense. You've got Carson Beck, who was way better, way, way better than anybody thought this. He may be the best quarterback in the country yep. coming back, mm -hmm. honestly. I, I mean, he just deadly accurate from the pocket perfect 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 for their offense and, and I, I just I'm telling you I just absolutely love this Trevor Etienne thing yeah I, I'm, I'm telling you right now I think he's even more talented than the backs they had there this year it, it's just such a perfect system fit I, I, I can just see it already like Etienne if he puts up if he put up 1500 yards next year I wouldn't be that shocked no I wouldn't I really, be either I just think it's such a perfect fit it's a better offense for him there um, and, and just I, I just see he's a more traditional back than than Travis was at mm. Clemson, and I think this is the perfect offense for any traditional back like that. Absolutely. And they had uh, Colby Young in the portal too, a big receiver from Miami. I like him a lot. London Humphreys, really talented receiver from Vanderbilt, also transferred in to Georgia. Now, they are losing a lot. Brock Bowers is gone. Greatest tight end in comfortable history. I'll, I'll die in that hill. Kamari Lasseter is gone as well. The corner. Mary Smith is gone. Javon Billard's gone. Tyke Smith is gone. Marcus Rosemary Jackson is gone. Uh, Lad McConkey's going to be gone. Cedric Van Pran's probably gone. Kendall Milton's probably gone. They're losing a lot. But you got Carson Beck coming back. You got Malachi Starks coming back. You got maybe Dominic Lovett coming back. Michael Williams didn't really have the sophomore leap that I thought he would, but I still think he could be a first-round edge next year as well. Um, and then you mentioned Trevor Etienne and the two receivers that got coming in and, and more. And listen, like Alabama, it's like, okay, they're losing a lot. But again, they are they always reload. Like Oscar Delp, a tight end. He's, really a good good. he's a good player. Obviously, nobody's Brock Bowers. He's a really good player. 
Like, yeah. I, I think I think he's shown it time and time again. He is at the very least a like starting caliber tight end at Georgia, which which comes with high. That's that's some high praise, right? That's some start. I mean, you've got you got freaks at tight end at Georgia all the time. I'm, I don't know that he's a freak freak, but he's a good player. It's just a matter of how their passing game is going to jump. I think it'd be a big plus if Lovett stayed. It would be. That would be a huge plus. So that's what we got, man. We got Georgia at number one of our way to really top 25. This is the top 10, as you can see right here. Notre Dame 10, uh, Missouri 9, Penn State 8, Arizona 7, Oregon 6, Ole Miss 5, Texas 4, Michigan 3, Alabama 2, and Georgia 1. Before we go, Dalton, I just quickly wanted to uh, talk about maybe any teams that were left out of the top 25 that – just on the cusp or maybe it feels a little weird leaving them out is there anyone that you can think of right now not necessarily weird because I think we had a lot of teams on the back end that we that we argued about that were um that were of similar caliber to the teams that we probably had in like that back five like we we debated Kansas a lot yeah uh the big 12 actually was a big one like Kansas and Iowa State and West Virginia we talked about all three of them uh -huh. um and I think the other thing too is who who actually we have Memphis for now at 25 but who actually is that group of five team going to be? I think it's a weird storyline where you've got, you know, with SMU out, you've, now you've got Liberty losing pieces. Is it is it a South Florida with Byron Brown? Is it Boise State with Ashton Genty coming back? Is it, you know, are we... Oh, by the way, Boise State, I don't know if you saw this, Malachi Nelson is visiting Boise State. Can you imagine uh, if they get him, dude? Well, that's when you're talking. Yeah. And then you're talking because it's really all they're missing is in the passing game. I think... I think I think this I think for us I think we had a lot of Big Twelve teams lurking. You even mentioned to me Colorado, and I just couldn't do it with them only winning right. four games. But I understand I mean, that a yeah. lot of Big Twelve teams were lurking right behind there, and and I think the group of five conversation is going to get wild now. Memphis was our best guess. They are not at all like a head and shoulders above I, I, I would I would have picked Liberty still with they still have an easy schedule next year, but losing Salter and Daniels, that's that's Huge. Your, that's your passing game. Yeah. Like they're and I know Jamie Chadwell, love him. But yeah. that's those are two guys gonna be hard to replace. Uh the one team I want to shout out, because I'm sure their fans are gonna be very upset. Uh the highest ranked team actually that we don't have in our top twenty five is LSU at number thirteen. And it does feel weird not having LSU in the top twenty five, but man, they are lose they lose Jaden Daniels, they lose Malik Neighbors, they lose Brian Thomas Jr., and they lose Mike Denbrock at OC. Um, they haven't added much in the portal, and that defense is still a problem, especially that secondary. I know they got Harold Perkins coming back, but man, I I like Garrett, I will say this: I like Garrett Nussmeyer a lot at quarterback. He actually, wherever he plays, he looks really good. So maybe he's another star at quarterback. Maybe we are too low on LSU, but. It just couldn't fit him in right now. I mean, they lose so much, and they aren't really adding anything. It feels no, like. I mean, I think look, they had one of like the three worst defenses in the SEC this year, and their offense. I mean, what would their record have been if they didn't have the best offense in the country? Yeah, the Heisman Trophy winner. I just, I just, it would have been I, I worry, I, I worry about LSU a little bit. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe there's some athletes that we're missing out on. But to replace Neighbors and Thomas and what they did this year, receiver and Nussmeyer. I mean, he might be a good player, but he does not bring the same dimension. No. It's running the football. Jaden Daniels had what when you take out sacks over eleven hundred rushing yards. I yeah. mean, you don't replace what's what's going to happen in the run game. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Daniels was their best rushing threat too, and I, and I just I, I I'm worried about I'm worried about their offense now too. And I, and honestly, I think we have to worry a little about are are we only about seventy five eighty percent sure Brian Kelly staying? 
Yeah. It's, it, there's some unstable things happening at LSU right now that I'm worried about. They, they need to hit the portal harder, and they just haven't done it. And, yeah, I just – they kind of worry – again, it feels weird because they, they had a great season, but and they're number 13 right now, but and it's LSU. Like, it's not like this is like some out-of-nowhere program, but it's just – if with everything they're losing and it's a lot of unknowns, it, it feels weird. So, LSU, NC State, we didn't have in our top 25. They are right now number 18. Um, they were very close. I, I, we were yeah, arguing them. That was a tight one. Oregon State as number 19, but, like, they lose everything. Everyone I mean, everyone's gone. Yeah. So that, that wasn't really a conversation for us either. But, yeah, that's basically what we got for our, our uh, way-too-early top 25. Obviously, the season is now over, which is sad. But Dalton and I have a lot of stuff planned uh, for the offseason as well. So make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe to the audio channels as well, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you don't want to see our faces every time, which I completely understand, uh, you just listen to the audio podcast as well. But uh, for producer Eli back there, who's the absolute goat for putting up with us and doing i think we're over an hour and a half right now Dalton, for this way too early top 25 yeah, we, but we, we went hopefully he's getting overtime yeah hopefully you like dealing with us you hopefully get, eli is not like sleeping back with there. us anyway especially both of us in person man hopefully oh the God. stream can end eli's not just sleeping back there so one of us has to run back yeah, there we'll, i'm we'll hoping we'll but uh for dalton wasp my co-host i'm max chadwick and we will see you guys next time